All right, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are in the Gospel of John. We are closing up pretty close. The Gospel of John, we are where Jesus is being arrested. He's going to go to the cross, rise from the dead, the Gospel. Jesus came according to the Scriptures. He died. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven forevermore. The whole story of the Gospel, people fell away from God. Jesus came to restore us goes to the cross. He is arrested here. This is where Judas will betray him and Peter will deny him. Not the best day in the group of disciples. Chapter 18, John, verse 1. When he had finished praying, that's Jesus finished praying, and in chapter 17 he had prayed for his disciples and he had prayed for us. Go back and listen to that one there. Watch it, whichever one, video or audio. Jesus praying for you, praying for me. Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. Now, the picture here is there's the Mount of Olives, and you go down the valley, and you cross the Kidron Valley. You go up into the city of Jerusalem. Jesus is coming in and out of the city during this last week of his life on earth. <clears throat> She's in the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Uh, the garden... Uh, there are a lot of olive trees there. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus often met there with his disciples. Well, it's kind of interesting that he held meetings with his disciples outside in the garden, in the Garden of Gethsemane. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And they were carrying torches, using for lights, lanterns using for lights, and weapons. So Judas knew the place, and now the chief priests, they have the authority to um, arrest Jesus in a religious sort of sense. They don't have Roman rule. They don't have authoritative rule. But they could, in fact, <clears throat> Rome allowed them to do things like arrest people in the, um, you know, for religious offenses and such. Verse 4, Jesus, knowing all of this was going to happen, he went out and asked them, who is it you want? So they're coming looking for him, and he goes out to them, who are you looking for? Who do you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. And Judas the traitor was standing there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. <laughs> wow, the power of Jesus, just the power of that voice, the power of God. I am he. And they fall over backwards. Again, he asked them, who do you want? Well, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. If I was in the group, I'd let the other guys answer the second time. <laughs> I wouldn't want any more to have fallen down. And Jesus answered, he said, I told you that I am he. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. Well, there's the beginning of Jesus paying the price and others going free. Right? If you're looking for me, then let these guys go. You don't, you don't need to take them. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost any of those that you gave to me. So those that were his disciples, um, they're going to stay steady, even though they're losing their equilibrium right now. Verse 10, then P Simon Peter, who had a sword, he drew it, and he struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. 
uh, and Jesus commanded Peter, he said, put up your sword. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given to me? So uh, Peter trying to protect Jesus from the cross, from what was coming up. And Jesus is like, look, this is, this is what I came for, to go to the cross. Well, um, Jesus will put that guy's ear back on. But uh, look at this situation. Peter's not trying to get the guy's ear. He doesn't have a sword and trying to surgically hit his ear. He's trying to hit the guy's head. And the guy moves his head and he gets his ear. So then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him, tied him up. They brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest, that year. It's going to be a religious trial. They're going to try to trap him. And they're going to try to bring him to Rome so that Rome will actually kill him. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good for one man to die for the people. Well, Jesus is that one man that's going to die for the people. Verse 15. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest. Now, they had some connections. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. So this guy has quite the house and has a courtyard there as well. This really would have been something in the first century. But Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty, and then brought Peter in. Come on in. Come on in. Uh, so Jesus is going in there into uh, the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest, uh, sitting in the courtyard. And so, aren't you are one of the disciples too, aren't you, she asked Peter? Uh, the servant girl. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl, and the servant girl said, uh, you aren't one of the man's disciples also, are you? Are you one of his disciples, she asked Peter? And Peter said, I am not. Peter denies Jesus. Wow, this is this is what Jesus told him was going to happen. You would deny me three times before the rooster cries in the morning. And he said, no, I'm not. And it was cold. And the servants and the officials stood around a fire that they had made to keep warm. And Peter also was warming with them, standing there. Well, this is kind of interesting because if you put together all of the gospel accounts, uh, Jesus uh, is being brought into the house here where he's going to have this religious trial. And Peter and the disciples are following from afar, following from afar. So then Peter starts to warm himself by the enemy's fire. You know, kind of the process of backsliding, the process of falling away from Jesus, following from afar, then warming yourself by the enemy's fire. Well, there's Peter with them. Verse 19, meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I don't know what was going on. And Jesus said, listen, I've spoken openly to the world. He said, I've always taught in the synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I've said nothing in secret. You already know everything that I've said, everything I've taught. There's nothing more to say. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. And when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby slapped him in the face. Wow. This, these are supposed to be dignified religious authorities slapping him on the face. 
And they said, is this the way you answer the high priest, he demanded? And Jesus said, I've said nothing wrong. I testify, I testify as to what's wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why do, you, why do you strike me for speaking the truth? And then Annas, the high priest, bound him and sent, Annas sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Well, here it is, going to the top religious authorities. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself at the enemy's fire. And so they asked him, aren't you one of the disciples too? And he denied it. I am not. So here you find the second denial. And one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose, whose ear Peter had cut off, <laughs> challenged him. He said, didn't I see you with him in the garden? And again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the rooster began to crow. Just like Jesus said. You know, in, in what you find here, you put the other Gospels together and it gives you a little bit of a fuller account. You know, Peter is just, uh, you know, he's just stricken with remorse, stricken with guilt, stricken by, you know, what have I done? You know, who am I denying Jesus? Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. Well, there's a lot more going on. If you read in the other Gospels, there's an awful lot going on there. They're beating him. They're making fun of him. They're, tr they're trumping up charges. But by now it was early morning, so all night long they've got Jesus up trying to trump up these charges, hitting him, spitting on him, mocking him, and they're going to bring him to Rome in the morning. Now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonially uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Now this is the height of religious hypocrisy. They knew that if they went into the palace, according to the custom, that they were going to be ceremonially unclean, which means that they weren't supposed to participate in the ceremony religiously. So they don't want to go in there, but they want to kill Jesus, and they want to turn Jesus over to the Roman authorities to kill him, but they don't want to go into the palace because, you know, then they would be religiously unclean. Just the height of hypocrisy and how crazy religion is. How just how crazy religion is. You know, if we don't get anything else out of this. This is how crazy religion is. So Pilate came out to them. And he asked, what charges are you bringing against the man? What are the charges? And they said, well, if you weren't a criminal, um, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. And Pilate said, okay, so um, what are charges? And Pilate said, take them yourselves and judge them by your own law. This is like a religious matter. It's got nothing to do with me, with Rome. They said, we don't have any right to execute anybody. Well, that's the whole thing. They're bringing him to Rome so that Pilate will execute him. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 33. Pilate then went back inside the palace. He summoned Jesus and he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Because that was the charge that they were bringing. This guy says he's a king. Well, if you say you're a king, you know, you're putting yourself up against Caesar. You can't do that. Caesar's going to execute anybody that's claiming to be a king. There's only, there's only the Caesar. You know, and Pilate, of course, you know, as a governor, he's got to, you know, go get rid, get rid of these rival kings. Right. And, and Pilate went back inside and asked, are you a king? And Jesus said, is that your own idea or did others tell you about me? And Pilate said, what am I, a Jew? What am I, a Jew? Your own people and your chief priests handed you over to me. What, what is it you've done? Pilate really sees Jesus as being innocent. There's several people in the Gospels that see Jesus as innocent, including Pilate's wife and uh, Pilate himself and the Roman centurion and, uh, you know, other, other people. Uh, 
And Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest, my Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. It's an eternal kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. Although he rules on earth, where? When he's ruling in my heart, right here in this chair, in this, in front of this, this desk, in front of this camera. Uh, here he is ruling, right here. This is his kingdom. Pilate said, you are a king then. And Jesus answered, well, you... You say that I'm a king. In fact, it's for this reason that I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate said, what is truth? You know, Pilate is uh, ruling in Rome at a time where the Greek Empire and the influence of the Greek Empire, it's still there. But, you know, a lot of it is starting to fade. And uh, the, the Greeks were after truth, the philosophers. What is truth? And so Pilate had heard all kinds of that. You know, what is truth? What is truth? You know, I'm just tired of that. What is truth argument? And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there. And he said, I don't find any basis for a charge against this guy. This guy is innocent. But it's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they said, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken place in an uprising. Now, Barabbas is a criminal. And what's going on with Barabbas is Barabbas, there's a thing called the substitutionary death, that Jesus substitutes the death penalty that we get before God. He substitutes, he dies, the substitutionary death. It's the same thing that happened with the Passover lamb. They took an innocent lamb and they slayed it. And that it was that way that you earn your deliverance. It's that way that your sins are forgiven. The innocent blood of the lamb takes your place. Substitutionary death. And Barabbas is really the first one to, to be set free from the substitutionary death of Jesus. Because they go, Barabbas is going to go free and Jesus is going to die. Jesus took my place in payment, took my place in judgment. The wages of sin are death and Jesus died on the cross for me. Thankfully, he didn't stay dead. He rose again from the dead to live forevermore and to make intercession for me and to bring me safely to the other side. So uh, there we go.